In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and in this series is in cooperation with Ascinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. Now, this show doesn't only bring you thought leaders from all over the world, but we also have listeners from all over the world. So, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are listening from today. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what the impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we have talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data security, to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. specific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we're on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google to Spotify. We're all over the net. All you have to do is look for Leadership Beyond Borders. And I invite you to connect with me. Please send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And when, let me know what you want to hear about on the show. Um, we'd love to talk with different people about different subjects, so let me know what you want to hear. But if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week, and we'll make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to today's episode. So it's a very important episode. In the episode today, we're going to talk about a subject Subject that a lot of executives and companies know about, but they don't always think about. On May 25th, 2018, the General Data Protection Regulation, called GDPR, harmonized the rules on processing of personal data, both private and public, across the European Union. Now, when they did that, similar regulations popped up worldwide, especially in the U.S., who filed suit immediately with the CCPA in California and other regulations in most of the 50 states in the U.S. Now, one of the unique aspects of these regulations, especially in the EU, is it's not only directly applicable to businesses in the European Union, but it also is applicable to businesses who do business in the European Union. Now, while the data protection laws give users new rights and control over the data, it poses huge challenges for businesses, okay? And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk with an expert on how data protection and consent regulations have developed since 2018 and what the landscape looks like today and what businesses really need to understand and what they need to do. Our guest today is Daniel Johansson, and he's the CTO of UserCentrics. And UserCentrics is a global market leader in the field of consent management platforms, enabling businesses to collect and manage documentation under consent on websites and apps to achieve full compliance and global privacy regulations while facilitating high consent rates and building trust with their customers. They work with companies such as Daimler, ING, Santander, and many other companies and 100 companies across the world. Now, Daniel has worked since 1999 as a dedicated pioneer in the online information technology. He has been influential in changing the direction of the internet economy towards consent and transparency leading the industry towards the greater balance of data privacy and data-driven business. In 2012, Daniel founded and created Cybot, 
the creator of CookieBot consent management platform, which merged with UserCentrics in 2021. And at UserCentrics, he leads the technology innovations that are behind the company's vision to build a world where user privacy enables a thriving digital ecosystem. So, Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Kimberly. So, let's, Dan, let's kind of start um, start kind of a high level for our listeners. Um, you know, um, 2018 came the GDPR. So, what are the major rules on data protection? I mean, um, you know, uh, what is GDPR and what did it do for the world? Well, basically, it's it's all about, uh, <clears throat> about you. Uh, if, if I'm... Uh, your customer, uh, then you are obligated to take good care of my data and also to give me full control over that data. That's that's uh, the core essence uh, of, of uh, legislations like uh, the GDPR. And then uh, there are, of course, uh, numerous things you need to do as a company to, to be able to, to do that. So uh, one of the things that uh, many companies uh, start off with is simply to understand what data they have on record and, and uh, who has access to it. Audit your data uh, is it's sometimes uh, surprising to see how difficult that can be because there's been a, a culture in, 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 in many, many places where data was not really uh, taken care of to the degree that uh, we are now obligated to do. Also, many companies are working with uh, service partners of, of uh, different kinds, uh, sharing uh, different types of data with these partners as well. Uh, as a company, you uh, with uh, GDPR uh, also need to uh, make sure uh, that you know what data you are sharing with these partners and make sure that they only use it um, for whatever uh, the cooperation with that partner is, uh, partner is intended to do. So you, so you need to uh, make data processing agreements with these partners, uh, which obligates them to, again, take care of, of uh, the user data. Um, then uh, the GDPR also introduces uh, new data rights uh, where uh, I, as a, a consumer, uh, have the right to, uh, to my own data. Um, I need, for example, uh, an option to uh, easily reach out to your organization to ask uh, what kind of data do you have on record about me? Uh, and also uh, be able to uh, ask the company to erase the data if uh, I don't want them uh, to to store that uh, anymore. Um, and then, then of course, you need also to um, make sure that you have the legal basis in place for uh, processing uh, the data. Um, and there are multiple uh, legal bases uh, defined in the GDPR, but uh, some of the, the uh, most used ones are uh, contractual or uh, uh, by consent, which we see, for example, on uh, websites and apps where user data is uh, uh, harvested and, and in many cases shared with third parties. Uh, now you need to obtain consent from the website user before you can do that. And, and um, so that's where a consent management platform comes into play, a CMP that basically um, scans your website to identify any kind of data that is uh, being processed and, and also uh, with which third parties uh, this data are shared uh, to simply map out uh, what's what's going on on, the, on, on this website. And, and that information is then compiled into a consent banner where you simply ask the user the first time the user uh, enters your website uh, for consent for the different purposes of uh, of the data processing you, mm -hmm. you are doing on the site. Yeah, I, and I want to come back to consent in, in a little bit, but I just want to kind of stay on... on um, you know, no, of of enterprises as well as companies knowing what kind of data they have. I mean, in in 2018 when this was first launched, um, you know, everybody was kind of in shock. Okay, and and you know, we're we're quite a few years later now. Okay, um, four years later, do you think people? really understand what kind of data they have. I mean, we, there's data all over the place. I mean, 
enterprises, surely, but, you know, small businesses, okay, um, they, you know, they have maybe um, a CRM, they have, you know, some of their customer. Do you think they're aware that they have this data? I think that uh, many of them are, and and then that the awareness is uh, the level is is increasing steadily mm-hmm. because uh, in in many cases uh, data are being processed uh, by service partners that are also optimizing for uh, compliance mm-hmm. with these legislation. So they need to make sure there that there are agreements in place uh, to to be able to to operate. Uh, but but there's no doubt that uh, there's still a lot of companies that uh, do not really have that uh, overview, and 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 we can see that, for example, when our website scanner uh, maps out what's going on on a website, many times companies are very surprised to learn what's actually going on. Um, <laughs> so so that tells us that yeah, um, there's still uh, <clears throat> some way to go. Uh, but there's also now tools uh, in the market uh, that can help uh, companies uh, to to give that overview in in a much easier way than just four years ago. Because at that point, the whole um, ecosystem uh, was not really uh, prepared for for these uh, types of uh, legislations. So. Uh, since then, uh, a lot of uh, new companies have uh, evolved, and and uh, one of them being ours, and and uh, we are here to you know to help to make it easier to to uh, to to do it in a way that uh, doesn't overwhelm you, and and where you don't need to be a, a specialist in in every uh, single uh, detail of the legislation because you kind of outsource uh, part of it to to different partners. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I want to talk about those t- tools <clears throat> and the consent in a minute, but I have another question um, before we take a break. So, you know, w- th- this came in in 2018, and then the U.S. followed very, very quickly. So, um, you know, this is uh, this is about um, my right as a uh, as a consumer, the data that you're holding, and for me, um, my right to know what it is, um, uh, kind of the right of what companies, you know can do with it. Um, but is this is is this primarily Europe and the US? I mean, are uh, are other countries following because it's not going to do any good if if we're just doing it here in the US and uh, in um Europe and the US is doing it, um possibly Canada. Um what's happened worldwide? Is this a movement to to towards data protection worldwide? Yes, absolutely. This this is a global trend. Uh, it's been uh, kicked off by the GDPR, and we see many uh, countries and, and regions that uh, adapt to the same same kind of of uh, rules. Uh, for example, the LTPD in Brazil and uh, Papua in South Africa, and as you already mentioned, different uh, privacy laws at state level in the U.S., like the CCPA in California. Um, and and the requirements are are not exactly the same, but they're very similar and and looking to to do the same thing. And this, of course, puts a, a lot of pressure on on SMBs uh, to because they are suddenly facing uh, potential fines for for non-compliance. But what we're seeing right now is uh, also extremely interesting because now uh, there's also an increasing pressure from uh, the users. Uh, mm-hmm. There's an increasing awareness amongst users and, and consumers that they have these rights and that it can be problematic if their data is not treated well. So uh, that kind of pressure uh, makes uh, it suddenly a, a competitive thing if you are compliant and, uh, or not. And it's very clear that brands today uh, must earn the user's trust Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 making uh, the user feel in control is one of the most efficient ways to to earn the trust. There's actually uh, um, a recent report from Google, the Privacy by Design report, which suggests that people uh, trust the brand. If they trust the brand, they are uh, twice as willing to share their personal data, and and 71% prefer brands that take their privacy seriously. And that's a whole new game uh, comparing uh, with just four years ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, so the S&Ps, they face serious uh, commercial consequences if they kind of do nothing. Uh, and, and right now, I think, uh, and that applies more or less globally, 
do it uh, right, uh, otherwise you risk uh, to, to lose revenue. Mm-hmm. And lose that customer's trust, right? Um, Daniel, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk about the the actual, um, how important consent management is and, and some of the tools that that can be used to, to help um, SMBs and enterprises with that. Um, but we're going to take a short break right now. And for our guests, we are talking to Daniel Johansson, and he's the CTO at UserCentrics. And UserCentrics is a global market leader in the field of consent management platforms, CMP, enabling businesses to collect, manage, and document user consent on websites and apps to achieve full compliance with global privacy regulations. And as you heard, that is extremely important uh, for businesses to earn customers' trust. And Daniel has been influential in changing the direction of internet economy towards consent and transparency, leading the industry toward greater balance of data privacy and data-driven businesses. Now, if you'd like to learn more about user-centrics, you can go to user-centrics on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And their website is www.usercentrics.com. And they are also on Twitter. So you can get lots of tips on consent from the user Centrics website also and watch their tweets and watch them on Facebook. And if you'd like to reach out to Daniel, Daniel is on LinkedIn. Now, this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold trainings, conferences, market research, and as a matter of fact, user centrics and Cinda is coming out with some new market research on consent and SMBs. It'll be available at the Cinda conference in Florence, Italy, October 16th to 18th, where user centrics will be presenting the latest data on consent and how SMBs understand that. And with that, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about consent. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking with Daniel Johansson, and he is the CTO at UserCentrics. And UserCentrics is a global market leader in the field of consent management platforms, CMPs, um, enabling businesses to collect, manage, and document user consent on websites and apps. in order to achieve full compliance with global privacy regulations. And that's what we were talking in the first segment a little bit about what's happened and and how these privacy regulations have evolved, um, not just in Europe and and the U.S., but also worldwide. And, uh, Daniel, now I want to talk a little bit about consent itself okay so i guess my first question is we know we have these regulations and i i'm a i'm a little business you know in brussels on the corner um you know i think okay i know what's out there but maybe i'll do it maybe i won't do it i mean how crucial is consent management and what should companies you know uh, how should they view this well, uh, f- first of all, if, if you want to be compliant as a company, you, you need to uh, 
to to sort this out and and uh, make sure you you obtain consent uh, from the users. Um, otherwise, you you risk uh, quite hefty fines uh, under the GDPR, but also in 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 other regions of the world. Um, you might not be as exposed as a smaller business as as the large enterprises, but but still uh, you you are at risk uh, if if you don't uh, make sure to to uh, obtain consent. Um, the other aspect goes more around uh, your brand and, and uh, your relation to your customers and, and users, uh, talking about trust again, um, because that becomes really uh, business critical if, if you think about it. Um, when, when a user comes to your website, it's uh, kind of them coming to your entrance uh, and, and um, uh, being met by um, uh, an, uh, an, a consent banner, you you show that uh, you take their privacy uh, seriously, and and uh, if you do nothing, uh, you uh, more or less uh, send the opposite um, uh, signal that uh, you don't take them uh, seriously. Uh, so so uh, having uh, that kind of uh, signal at, at the entrance of, of your uh, store uh, online uh, is, is a good start uh, and, and the user is set up for a positive experience, uh, which uh, will increase the likelihood of, of your business being successful, uh, basically. Um, <clears throat> so... Um, working with uh, consent uh, has, you know, been made extremely easy today. It's it's uh, you know the, the basic tasks that that a CMP is is handling for you is uh, as I described earlier to scan your website and your apps, to uh, identify any uh, kind of uh, tracking going on with cookies or similar uh, tracking technologies, and then to uh, describe those uh, services in, in a language that uh, every uh, user that comes to your website can uh, understand and, and relate to. And, and then you need uh, to obtain a consent from the user that is uh, granular, so it's, it's not enough to simply have uh, sort of uh, a, a window dressing uh, okay uh, cookie banner on your website, uh, which has been dominating for, for many years before the GDPR. Uh, today, you need to uh, give the user uh, granular options uh, so that each user can uh, decide to what level they want to uh, share data with you or any of the third-party vendors uh, you are working mm -hmm. with. And, and, and that consent also needs to be documented. That means that you, uh, you need to, to store the consent so that you have uh, documentation if the authorities one day come knocking at your door and want to uh, see the proof of consent, then you need to be able to, to provide that. And, and all these tasks are uh, basically fully automated within C a CMP today so that you can simply register the domain name of your website and, and drop a, a script tag uh, on the site and then everything is, is handled from there. Um, so, so those are some of the, the, the basic things that you, you need to, mm -hmm. to make sure to, to have in place to, to play by the rules. Okay, so uh, I, before we get on to exactly how a CPM works, which I want to find out um, from you, I, I just have, this is like a, a little thought of mine, okay? You know, I go onto the website, I see the consent banner. Um, if Most of the time I really don't read it, okay? You know, I mean, I kind of I click yes, okay? Which is fine, that's my choice. I mean, there are times that I do read it and say, maybe I don't want all this, um, but maybe I do. Um, but do you think people really understand this? Because um, I, I'm gonna give you an example. My family is in the United States, and I like to read the hometown newspaper, um, but I can't. Okay, so I get this. I get this. Um, I get this like notice. I'm sorry, this website is blocked because of GDPR. Okay, and and I wonder, well, why doesn't that hometown newspaper just put a consent bander up there? Um, do you still there's? Do you still think there's some misunderstanding out there on? on you know what this is about it's about getting consent and not storing data um but it's not about limiting access to websites 
Yes, definitely. I think that uh, some companies are kind of overdoing uh, compliance by simply blocking access, uh, which uh, helps no one. Um, and I think it's it's uh, probably uh, mostly a, a reaction to uh, what looks like a, co- a complicated uh, a piece of legislation. Uh, and, and it would require um, some uh, initiatives from these companies to be able to serve uh, users that uh, choose to opt out, for example. Um, the problem is uh, probably that many of these companies, they live uh, by selling your data. So that's the way they, they ah. provide the, the, the content for free to you because they... Uh, get their revenue uh, to pay the the, uh, the paychecks uh, and, and and the rent every month by by uh, selling this data to to third parties, and and that's basically how how the whole uh, digital ecosystem has been financed for uh, more than 20 years now, and and that's also what is changing uh, at a quite high pace. Um, so earlier on, and, and that's also, uh, you know, some of the feedback we get from our customers that they, in, in general, uh, extremely positive around getting, uh, you know, the overview, the transparency and and all that. But it also means that if you ask the user for consent, some of them will opt out and say, no, thank you. Um, and and to uh, to some companies that is um, um, directly uh, affecting their the revenue because they cannot uh, track the user even not while they provide the content for free, so that uh-huh. that doesn't seem fair and and that's why I think that some companies simply uh, said okay uh, if we uh, cannot uh, earn any money on 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 these users we might as well uh, just uh, lock them out. And um, but um, in in recent years there has been some uh, very interesting developments uh, where the industry has kind of embraced uh, these uh, this new uh, data privacy regime. Uh, In the beginning, there was a lot of resistance, you know, unwillingness to really adapt to these changes. But but, uh, in recent years, there's been uh, quite a major shift in in uh, in in how uh, the industry approaches this, especially uh, the bigger tech companies. Uh, For example, we're working with Google on their consent uh, framework, which is called Google Consent Mode, which basically addresses uh, the problem I'm describing. What they're doing is that um, if a user opts out, they will not track that user anymore. But uh, mm-hmm. based on all the users that actually opt in, they can use machine learning and data modeling to um, to restore some of that uh, data and some of these insights that would otherwise be lost. So suddenly we see uh, a new balance in, in, in the whole ecosystem uh, between protecting user privacy and and uh, still having a thriving uh, digital uh, ecosystem, and and uh, and this is uh, why um, I I believe that it doesn't make much sense to to block users anymore just because they they live in a certain uh, area. Uh, companies that you know have a more uh, proactive uh, approach and adopt to uh, these legislations will will have a very big uh, competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that makes perfect sense. So so help me understand. Okay, so I'm going to use this. This um, it makes sense because the, what I'm talking about is a newspaper. Okay, a pretty big one. So they they blocked me. So you're coming in. How would you help them? How does a CPM work? What would you do? I mean, um, h- how do you implement that into their their operating environment? Well, um, it, it, it depends, of course, on, on the technical platform they're operating on. But but mm-hmm. uh, mostly, uh, it's it's uh, only a question of uh, installing uh, our script tag onto the website, and from there, uh, things are uh, working automatically. And and uh, um, amongst the, the many things we handle is is also the integrations to. Um, other frameworks like the Google consent mode I just uh, mm-hmm. mentioned or um, 
the IAB CCF framework, which is uh, um, the ad tech industry's uh, response to, to GDPR and so on. So these are integrations that are all uh, managed by uh, us as a CMP in, in the background. And, and you as a publisher don't really need to uh, do anything for all that to work. So all the relevant systems in, in, in um uh, will will kind of speak together uh, in the background, and and the CMP will communicate the users' consent in real time to all the other services uh, uh, that are enabled on a website, and and by that you um, get to a point where um, the user experience is is tailored to whatever consent you uh, submit when when you uh, when you are asked for for consent. Mm-hmm. And and so I, um, just real quick before we go to the break. So I'm there. You're coming in. You're putting this platform in. Um, do I have to change my workflow and my processes? Does I mean, is it complex for me as um, your customer to do that? Um, I think that um, yes, there's some things you need to change. But uh, the goal for uh, the CookieBot CMP and, and many other uh, tools that have emerged over the, the last couple of years is to kind of uh, streamline and, and automate uh, a lot of this. Uh, but of course, you need to um, monitor, for example, on your website, um, which uh, services are doing what. Uh, mm-hmm. You can do that by, for example, uh, reviewing uh, the report that uh, we, we as a CMP sent to you on a monthly basis, where you can see which third parties are operating on my website and, and what are they doing with my uh, users' data. And we have seen some uh, honestly horrifying examples uh, <laughs> that, that, you know, um, where we could see that if you installed one free uh, service on your website, then that actually opened a a backdoor to many other uh, tracking Mm. companies that you never heard about that suddenly, you know, could do anything they wanted on on your website. And and all of that was happening uh, without uh, you as a company being aware of that. So so, uh, shedding light on all that, creating transparency around what is happening is is what we are doing. Uh, But of course, you need to monitor yourselves uh, by reviewing uh, once a month the report that we're sending you to make sure that it's aligned with what you have actually agreed with uh, with these uh, vendors that you're working with. And and um, so so now I'm strictly talking about uh, consent management. I'm, I'm uh, sure in in a broader context, uh, there's uh, a, a lot more you need need to do to adjust your existing workflows. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, uh, what what you need to do is to see if you can uh, support your uh, workflows by using. Uh, software tools that can uh, help you do it in a way so that it's it's not uh, overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're always trying to, you know, um, you know, uh, make our workflows more efficient. Anyways, um, we're going to take a short um, a, sh- a short pause, Daniel. And when we come back, I want to I want to talk about you. You know, the the example I just gave you was a pretty big newspaper. And then I come back and I think about SMBs. And you know, this is this stuff can be complicated. It can be simple. And you just did a study with Cinda on the landscape of um, what SMBs know about compliance. And I'd like to hear a little bit about that. And for our listeners, our guest today is Daniel Johansson, and he's the CTO at UserCentrics. And UserCentrics is a global market leader in the field of consent management platforms. And if you'd like to learn more about UserCentrics, you can go to www.usercentrics.com. And you are also on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And Daniel is on LinkedIn. So please reach out to them. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. And they do market research, hold conferences. And as I said, we're going to talk about one of the market researches they did with UserCentrics when we get back. 
And they're also going to be presenting that market research with user centrics in Florence, Italy, October 16th to 18th. So go to www.cinda.com if you're interested in joining that event. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about an important subject for businesses and business leaders, and it's on consent management. And we're talking with Daniel Johansson, and he's the CTO at UserCentrics. And UserCentrics is a global market leader in the field of consent management platforms, CMPs. And they enable businesses to collect, manage, and document user consent on websites and apps to achieve full compliance with global privacy regulations. And why is that important? It's important because it builds customer trust, as well as if you don't do it, you know, your business could be in trouble. There are a lot of fines around it, as Daniel explained to us. So, Daniel, you know, we talked about, I, I give you my little pet example, which always makes me crazy about this newspaper I can never get into. Okay. And we talked about how, um, you know, why and that companies sold data and, and um, you know, what, how the landscape is changing. And, I look at that and I look at enterprises and I mean, enterprises have teams of people um, looking at this and, you know, probably a lot of help and, and reaching out to companies like you for help. And then you have the mom and pop guy or the small place on the corner. And these places went digital during the pandemic in 2002. I mean, um, they had foot traffic and then they had none. So all of a sudden they were thrown into the situation where they had to sell things online. And they probably didn't have a lot of awareness on compliance. So you just did a study with Cinda on uh, uh, small and medium businesses um, across Europe and, and their awareness and how they manage data protection. Could you tell us a little bit about that study? Sure. We uh, we partnered with Cinder uh, two years ago, and and um, uh, it it made a lot of sense to us to to uh, you know understand what we could do to to help these SMBs uh, even better. Uh, so last year we we conducted a survey together with uh, Cinder, and and uh, we did uh, another survey uh, this year uh, to to uh, see the developments over time. And, and um, yeah, this year we, we surveyed uh, executives from uh, Germany, France, and the UK, company sizes from five to 250 employees. And, and uh, some of uh, the results were, were actually a little bit surprising to us. Mm-hmm. And so what were the surprising results that you got? Well, um, yeah, there are quite many learnings here, but uh, uh, overall, I, I think it actually uh, draws up a, a, a quite positive picture of um, the awareness and, and readiness uh, in the SMBs uh, when it comes to, to uh, data protection. Uh, on average, 72% said that they're well uh, prepared for GDPR. And that's actually a, a quite significant rise compared with last year's survey, uh, where 68% said that mm. they were there. So that's kind of uh, indicating that um, the work 
uh, these companies are doing uh, is, is actually uh, working. Also, um, we see there's still a lot of room for improvements. 52% um, say that they, they use a CMP, but only 30% uh, use a so-called granular banner where the user have you know uh, multiple choices. And, and, and that's actually the, the uh, only uh, fully compliant uh, banner you can use today, at, at least under GDPR. So that's uh, also telling us that, um, yeah, around 30% of, of the SMBs are, are compliant on, on the cookies uh, side and, and there's still uh, uh, things to do there. But uh, a majority actually sees a, a uh, you know, uh, the GDPR and similar regulations as a business benefit. And, and that is also uh, a new trend where many companies uh, previously were, you know, against it and, and frustrated. And now we see a majority that actually uh, sees a competitive benefit in building trust and, and improving relationships with their customers and, and personalizing offers based on, on the consent by the end user. Uh, and and um, I think that we also see uh, uh, things that are perhaps not um, logical. Uh, one of the things, uh, one of the big shifts that we have seen is that um, um, last year, 75% um, um, uh, appointed uh, a data protection officer, a DPO. Um, and um, no, sorry, uh, that was in, in this year and, and last year, uh, only 56% had appointed a, a DPO. So I think that's quite a dramatic uh, increase. And probably it's uh, companies realizing that this uh, is uh, so uh, critical for our business that we need to have someone uh, focus on this across uh, the company to make sure that uh, everything is um, working as it should. Mm -hmm. and, and just so, and that, I mean, that 68 to 72%, that's a pretty big jump. And I'm thinking you did, so this was the, the, the study this year in 2022 and that's 2021. And um, do you attribute that partly to probably because of, you know, the pandemic and all of a sudden these SMPs had to go online and maybe, you know, they didn't have online businesses. And now when they go, they know they're collecting data and they know they have to be compliant. Do you, do you think that was a push behind this? Definitely. And, and uh, I think that uh, SMPs are also uh, relying on um, the partners they are working with uh, helping them uh, to get online to uh, to make sure that they uh, comply with uh, whatever rules uh, they need to comply with um, so so many SMPs are in their online presence uh, building websites and apps and so on uh, on top of um, platforms like website builders that basically provide uh, all the functionality on the website and even design and so on. And, and all you need to do is uh, create content uh, and, and, and then they kind of take rest, uh, care of the rest. Uh, so that's, that's, um, that's uh, also uh, a place where we are working very actively uh, with these uh, platform partners to make sure that we can help them help their customers uh, be compliant because many of these platforms are kind of closed ecosystems or, or fence mm -hmm. gardens or whatever you want to call it, where you don't simply implement uh, uh, new things like a CMP on top of what they already have. So uh, SMBs um, using these platforms uh, are depending on them to work with CMPs like us to make it easy uh, to to do the right thing and, and be compliant because otherwise it can be extremely complex it can be costly and so on and and we know that uh, we need to provide something uh, that is easy to use and and and, and you know uh, very cost effective if, if we even provide uh, you know free subscriptions for for the smallest of companies so we're really trying to help every type of company in the world uh, because we also realize if, if uh, these uh, regulations um, uh, must, can, must have an impact, then 
we need to make sure that any type of company uh, can can follow the rules in a realistic manner, uh, no matter uh, how big they are. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's really positive, and it's positive that the businesses starting to see as a benefit. Um, was this pretty much um, you? You you focused on Germany, France, UK, the biggest economies. Was that pretty much across the board? I mean, I'm not talking about small variants. I'm sure, but but um, was it pretty? Were the numbers pretty consistent on this? Uh, in some areas, but in others, they were actually surprisingly um, uh, different. And and uh, mm-hmm. to mention a few, uh, for example, we we asked the SMBs. Uh, whether data privacy uh, was is being discussed at the board level, uh, you know, simply to understand if there is a, a, a top level awareness around the, the business critical nature of, of this. Uh, and there we saw some really uh, big uh, variations. Uh, for example, in, in, in France, uh, 63% uh, said that yes, this was something that was being discussed at board level. The UK was even higher at 73%, while Germany only was at 40%. So I think that's, no. that's a very big um, uh, difference. And we actually see kind of the same same uh, trend in, in other questions, like in the question of if the company sees these rules as a, a business opportunity or a risk, then uh, 72% in France said it's an opportunity and 73% in, in the UK, while in Germany only 35% of the SMBs actually saw uh, this as an uh, opportunity. So um, these are, are you know, significant differences. Uh, we don't have the answer in this survey to why uh, there's su- such a big uh, difference, but that's at least what we can see. Yeah, I mean, that's quite surprising when I look at Germany because I always think of in, in the EU as Germany one of the strongest um, data privacy countries out there. Um, uh, but that's something to look into. So we're getting we're getting a little bit towards um, the end of our show. I mean, first, but do you have any comments? Because you sit in Germany, do you have any comments on the German figures? Were you surprised <laughs> to see? Were you surprised to see that too, Daniel? <laughs> um, I, 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 it's, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's only a personal opinion, but I believe that in in Germany um, there's a big focus on you know uh, doing every uh, single detail uh, 100% correct. Perfectly. And, and that's why it might be overwhelming to some companies, uh, especially in the SMB market, to to see that, for example, as as an opportunity uh, when you feel that you're overwhelmed. Um, but but I'm sure uh, they will follow, and and that more and more companies will you know uh, develop and 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 see the opportunities at hand. Um, yeah. But um, we we need to get a bit further down the road, I guess. <laughs> so they're not going to put up a banner unless it's a granular one. So okay, <laughs> Anyways, okay, we're we're getting towards the end, Daniel. And um, you know we've got we've got a lot of executives listening who run companies, um, both big companies and small companies across the globe. Um, our audience is in Europe. It's in the U.S. One last thing, one message to them. What would the message you have that they they should be aware of and what they should do um, in the next 12 months? I think it's important that they prioritize uh, this. So taking kind of taking ownership of that data that they're processing, uh, because that also leads to creating trust with the users. And, and from my perspective, that's... Uh, one of the the main, if if not the number one, driver for growth in the future. If if you want to grow, uh, if you have limited uh, resources, you can still um, comply uh, and and you can still do the right thing. Uh, and you can do that by working with uh, the companies like ours that are providing uh, services that just makes life so much easier for you. And I think that once you get started, uh, you will also realize that it's um, it makes your company uh, stronger in many ways to know what you're doing uh, with your data. Uh, so so um, my um, advice would be uh, don't hold back. Just make sure to get uh, things in order. It will be a competitive advantage. 
Super. Thank you. So uh, for our listeners, we've been talking today with Daniel Johansson, and he's the CTO at UserCentrics, and UserCentrics is a global market leader in the field of consent management platforms, CMPs, enabling businesses to collect, manage, and document user consent on websites and apps and to achieve full compliance with global privacy regulations. And Daniel has worked since 1999 as a dedicated pioneer in online information. He has been influential in changing the direction of the Internet economy towards consent and transparency. And he was the creator of CookieBot Consent Management Platform, which merged with UserCentrics in September 2021. And at UserCentrics, he leads the technology innovations behind the company's vision to build a world where user privacy enables a thriving digital ecosystem. An important subject. Thank you, Daniel. Really great info. Um, You know, I hope for our listeners, they understand how important it is. Thank you for being with us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Kimberly. And if you'd like to reach out to to Daniel, he's on LinkedIn under Daniel Yoa. Uh, Johansson, and if you want to learn more about UserCentrics, please go to www.usercentrics.com. And uh, if you also want to reach out to them on social media, you can go to them on Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And they're always giving great tips on privacy. Uh, so please reach out to them. And this show has also been brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings and conferences and do market research. And as we just talked about, one of the market research papers they did with User Cendrics on the landscape of the awareness of privacy in the European Union. So you can have access to that paper and you can have that access to the paper through the Cinda conference, which is going to be held on October 16th to 18th in Florence, where UserCentrics is also going to be presenting. So go to www.cinda.org for more information. And with that, thank you for listening and please tune in to us next week at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Till then, goodbye. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.